0: and welcome back to From Tits to Toes. I am Dr. Michaela Rush, an OBGYN.
1: And I am Dr. Anne Sharkey, a podiatrist. Welcome back. Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As the menopause episodes continue.
1: Yeah, so we're at menopause part two. Part two. Which is going to be
0: the workup.
1: Oh, the workup. We did symptoms. The workup. Yes. Yes. Symptoms was the last one. Now we're on the workup. Okay. So how we diagnose or confirm Mm -hmm. menopause. All right. Great. So that'll be awesome. Um, I think we got some good feedback on the first episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah. People just wanted to know the treatments.
1: (laughs) I know. I was like, I did. The ones I heard, they're like, well, what about this? And like, just hold on a second. We'll get there. We'll get there.
0: I know. Everyone's just, but how do I fix it? How do I fix it? Okay. Well, that one's coming too. So that's part three. Actual treatment will be coming.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll get to that. I don't
0: know. What's been going on? What has not been going on right now? I know. I don't know. So yeah, we have my grandmother in the hospital right now. So yeah, still dealing with that. She fell and Mm -hmm. broke her leg. So and that was a couple days ago. Her birthday is today. Oh no, um, I didn't know that her
1: birthday was today. Mm-hmm.
0: 89 years 89. old today.
1: Well, what yeah. a way to roll into that 89th year. I know.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, so yes, we're dealing with that right now.
1: That's and a then, lot.
0: yeah, so not too bad. And I don't know if can you see on the video my nose? I have a giant <laughs> scab on my nose. From what? I scratched it, or Chris actually scratched it. It was like I turned to him at night, and he like turned towards oh. me, and his like hand hit, like his it was nail hit. Like, in it. unfortunate
1: incidences where you both turn at the same time, and it's like yeah. elbow to the eye socket or something.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So now I have it was like, and it took the skin right off my nose. Like it was just real shallow. So now there's just. giant (laughs) scam on my nose but thank god i get to wear a mask all day sure it covers it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what did we do what did we do before masks i don't know we actually like I'm kind of a fan of the masks, like, with my coffee bra. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: if you have girls at lunchtime, you're like, well, no one will know
0: except for me. Exactly. That, and it's like, if I have something still stuck in my teeth Mm -hmm. after lunch, like, I don't have to worry about it. Usually, I'd have the girls, like, check it for me before I, like, started seeing patients, but now I don't have to because... I can just wear a mask and feel – check it later. I don't know. No worries. No worries.
1: worries. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. well. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Well, yeah, we're just, you know, checking along. I feel like it's October 1st on Saturday, and now we're on, like, the speed train to the end of the year, right? Like, you know – we get to the busy surgical time of the year. We hit all the Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, like mm-hmm. stuff gets crazy and social stuff gets crazy and uh, I'm tired already,
0: to yeah. be honest. Well, I'm um, already started trying to decorate for October and Halloween. Oh. <laughs> my, my husband's trying to uh, put the squash on that. He thinks it's a little too early. And okay. so I'm, uh, but I'm like, no, Inside I'm-. or outside? Well, I was trying to decorate the inside stuff, and okay. he's usually in charge of the outside, which I kind of hoped he would have just put up the outside stuff. Taking your weekend. lead and been like, okay, it's done. Yeah, but no, I, I'm trying to see if we can do it this weekend on the October okay. 1st weekend okay. so we can like get the stuff up in the yard. And he has more of a... The way that he arranges it. So, I can't just, like, throw some stuff out there because yeah, he has to have them all plug into the same, like, spot and stakes them out, right? The strategy. Yeah, he has a whole thing, so.
1: Okay. Oh, well, Meredith would be jealous that you get to have Halloween
0: decorations. And I told you about our our Tesla debacle. No. So, when we got home from Colorado. Yeah. So, we went to Colorado, right, to visit my sister last week? And on the way back, so coming back, we got back, I think we flew in at like 9 p.m. And then my mother had her Tesla parked somewhere, so we had to go get it. So I think we were driving off with all of our luggage around 9.45. Okay. And then about 10 miles out, it just shuts down. Like, not drivable. It says pull over. You're like, it's slowing to a stop. Pull over, you know, not even drivable. So we pull over to to the shoulder and we're on... 183, like yeah. in the industrial area in the middle yeah. of the night, like shady area yeah. <laughs> of good. Austin,
1: East Austin,
0: yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, we're kind of in that shady area, yeah, um, in the middle of the night, and it just stops. So, we pull over on the shoulder and we keep trying to restart it, trying to get it to come on. We're con trying to contact Tesla, trying to right. you know, get a tow or something. Hey, we're on hold, <laughs> Yeah, we're on hold forever. So, about 45 minutes go by maybe an hour and we finally just called AAA because yeah you just need to get towed somewhere because we can't right. get this car and go anywhere and we have to be on a flatbed and so we uh call AAA, and they send someone out and they're like oh we'll be out there after midnight I'm like excuse us like we yeah. have to still here with all of our luggage after midnight yeah um they finally showed up around 11 30 i guess and towed us we had a flatbed tow over to another sketchy part of austin where they have their service <laughs> center and then we had to uber from there all the oh, way home in the middle of the night. Oh my God. Um, we got home around 12.45 in the morning, I guess. And then uh, finally went to bed. So uh, it's been a mess trying to get her car fixed. Yeah, so, so it's what's still in the wrong, shop. What's wrong with it? Something about the rear engine. Oh. It's, like, it's dual engine, but I guess it's supposed to work if one goes out the other, I don't know. So yeah. I guess it's an issue they're having, but the rear engine just stopped and wasn't yeah, working. That's not so. good. Yeah no, so it was not good at all. <laughs> so that's what she part part of why they came up here was to get her a loaner because they didn't have a loaner for her. Okay. Um, so they came up to get that, and that's when they were visiting, and that's when my grandmother oh, fell, and no. that's when yeah. and that's why everything's all here. gone wrong since the Tesla didn't work. Yeah, exactly. The Tesla is all that started it. Yeah, because um, the only reason they came up here was for a loaner, and then they went to go check on the house, and then she fell at that house with the little construction netting all right
1: well i'm sorry you're having a string of very terrible bad luck (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay it's gotta be over
0: now absolutely over now
1: i actually flew in and out of florida with no delays
0: no way
1: no way i for sure
0: yeah. So you're having the swing of good luck. I I'm, I'm having on the
1: good luck swing. Yes, yeah. Yes. I made it in and out of Florida with no delays. All things went well, so I can't complain. I don't have any of those problems.
0: <laughs> you don't have a scar on your nose. You no know? scar on
1: my. I have a giant scar on my leg, but not on my yes. nose. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you're healing
1: well. Healing well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh, we're falling right. apart. I, we are. Yeah, I'm little by little body part by body part vehicle by vehicle <laughs> house by house yes have no fear the episode is coming so we are going to talk diagnosis of menopause and how women's bodies fall apart and why that happens mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. and then stay tuned for the next episode which will happen subsequent to this which will cover treatment of menopause dun, dun, dun. all right here we go all right let's go
0: You hear the first episode about all the symptoms, but uh, now that we're all fat with dry vaginas and having hot flashes, <laughs> <laughs> we are moving on to how to work it up and diagnose it, right? So, so, so yeah. I'm a crabby, fat,
1: dry vagina lady in your office. <laughs> Tell
0: me how you're gonna <laughs> to diagnose this, uh, <clears throat> all right? So, the workup this is these are all the patients that are coming to my office, sure. so these are patients that are. Miserable or uncomfortable, or it's the quality of life that's mm-hmm. decreased, right? So mm-hmm. make sure you go back and listen to all those, uh, that last episode with all the symptoms and everything that we've come up with. But pretty much everyone's just, they've, miserable. they've gotten
1: there now. So yeah. now we're going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> they're,
0: they're in my office. So it kind of depends on, it starts with the age of the patient. Mm-hmm. Because we do different things depending on the age. So if it's typical, so like we talked about before, the average age of starting that perimenopausal time, transitioning into menopause is about 47. Um, the average age of menopause, a full menopause is 51 and a half. And going back to all the definitions, the definition of menopause is lack of a period for a full 12 months. So if you're in that time frame of 45 to 50, mm-hmm. well... That's pretty obvious, right? So yeah. if you have a uterus and you're slowing down in your periods, your periods are becoming irregular and you're in the office talking about my periods are all crazy. I'm having hot flashes and night sweats. Mm-hmm. Intercourse sucks because my vagina's dry. You know, I'm gaining weight. I can't lose weight. I've got this belly in the middle, like all of that. That's done. Like, yeah, we can just diagnose it from there sure. unless there's some other type. You don't we don't oh, need to order the testing. Yes. Okay. So it is not required to order an FSH or a follicle-stimulating hormone level mm-hmm. if you come in with those classic symptoms at the proper age. As long as we look at the history of the patient, yeah. we also look at do a physical exam and all of that. But if you come in saying like, my parents are spacing out or they're irregular and I have all these symptoms, that's classic perimenopause and there's nothing to really check. Now, if you listen back to the previous episode, FSH, or follicle-stimulating hormone, can fluctuate. So it's not an easy Mm -hmm. uh, level to just check. And there's not one test that you can just check and be like, boom, hey, you're menopausal. Yeah, it's it's not that easy. I wish it was that easy because that would make my life so much easier. Sure. But this is a conversation I have in my office every single day, every day. Everybody comes in wanting me to check their hormone to see if they are menopausal or perimenopausal or going into Mm -hmm. menopause or something um there's not a magical number yeah. but you it's about the interpretation of it right so we can check a level can we check a level yeah you can check a level of anything it's just the interpretation of it and is it yeah. going to help your situation it might not be or helpful not? or give you no valuable information right if it's not going to change anything then why check then why it i do it right so basically we talk to the patient we get a we talk about their history of periods so we want a menstrual calendar mm-hmm. some people keep those some do not Um, but we kind of want to know, show us what your periods are doing. If you have one of those apps, they're amazing. There are so many apps out there. I'm not even going to promote one over the other, but there's so many out there and they change all the time. There's a lot of really good apps out there to keep track of your periods and how heavy they are. And it kind of tries to predict when you're going to have your next one, but it is helpful to look back on because then Mm -hmm. you don't have to like write it down anywhere. You can just kind of look back on it, but kind of figuring out your period history, you know, going through the symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, sleep disturbances, Vaginal dryness, pain with intercourse, fat belly, um, (laughs) the inability to lose weight. You know, um, what did we talk about last time? We also talked about memory fog, Mm -hmm. um, all of that. So depression, anxiety, all of that gets up, mood swings, all of it. So yeah, we don't necessarily have to do a pelvic exam unless there's an issue with the vagina itself. Like the dry, Mm -hmm. if there's a complaint of dryness, pain with intercourse, some sort of like, issue down there, then yeah. yes, we can do an exam, look at it first before we just assume we know what it is. Um, so we can definitely rule that okay. or out.
1: How does it mm-hmm. play in when you have patients who have been on hormonal birth control, have IUDs? What do you do then?
0: Oh, that's coming up. Okay. Look at you Getting jumping ahead. Of ahead. Look at you jumping ahead. Um, but yes, we're about to talk about that. Okay. So then there's a question of ruling out pregnancy. If you're over 45 mm-hmm. um, and you have the typical symptoms, it's not necessary, but we can do a workup and we check certain levels. Yeah. We can check that to make sure. Because if there's if you're stopping periods, there's still a possibility, mm-hmm. even though it becomes very very slim and rare. Um, there is a possibility. Yeah. Um, other things that can stop your period. So if your period stops altogether, other things we can potentially check are like thyroid issues or hmm. prolactin levels. Okay. If your prolactin's off, then that can cause you to stop having periods also. So when we're working up prolactin you're looking for like some sort of pituitary tumor. I was just like going to ask, like that has to be tumor. like a
1: tumor or something, right? Yeah. To make pr- prolactin be off. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you randomly have a high prolactin, we're ordering an MRI of the mm-hmm. brain to okay. look at the pituitary gland to figure yeah. out if you have like a micro pituitary tumor, okay. which is pushing on the area that makes prolactin, which mm-hmm. is increasing it into your bloodstream, which is then stopping your periods. So there's a reason yeah. why we check those things for that purpose. So if you are under 40 we're definitely working all that up so we're gonna or even 40 to 45 if you're on okay. the young 40s or under 40 we will be checking like a pregnancy test we need to know like are your periods irregular right, yeah. or <laughs> do they stop because you're pregnant um that's a possibility uh-huh. we're looking for the hyperprolactinemia or a prolactin level that's elevated for that pituitary tumor kind of a thing so okay. we're checking that level before we work up we're not just going to order an mri of your brain, right? If your pituitary or if your prolactin is normal, Normal. yes, if your prolactin is normal, we're just going to move on. Like, we're not going to keep working that up. And thyroid. So a lot of people do have thyroid conditions already. So we will double check the thyroid to make sure that it's not off. Because sometimes that can change over time and you may require adjustments in medication. Okay. Or if you have a new, like we we actually do an exam of the thyroid and feel Mm -hmm. the thyroid if it's enlarged, when you have a goiter, or if you have... Um, a nodule or mass yeah. on the thyroid, then that can affect the function as well. Um, so we do those exams in our office quite often, just a normal exams in yeah. general. And we pick up a lot of nodules okay. um, there. But no, those are pretty common. So those can also cause issues with your period so those can make your period stop or space out or become very irregular or mm-hmm. even heavier so we definitely want to work all those normal things up just to make sure other things that can cause unusual type hot flashes so sometimes you can have unusual hot flashes like if you're young and then all of a sudden you're having weird hot flashes other weird things that can cause it are going to be things like carcinoid a few chromocytomas some weird malignancies like things like that so Mm -hmm. um usually we don't pick up a lot of those so primary care i think works that up more than we do that's just kind of on the back burner of like sure if you come in and that's your only complaint of these weird atypical type pot flashes that's where that road's gonna go down is working up that kind of stuff okay but it could be that you're prematurely menopausal Mm -hmm. um which in the last episode we did talk about the genetics of family history. So if your mother transitioned early, then you might transition early as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're adopted or if you have no history of your mother, or I'll tell you what happens all the time is that their mother had a hysterectomy for some odd reason and they have no idea when they transitioned to menopause. So they just really don't know. But if you know about when your mother transitioned, that's about, that's a general idea. So typically you'll transition around Mm -hmm. the same time. Could be early. Or it could be late. So average age of menopause is 51 and a half, which means it's average. So some do go earlier and some go later. Mm-hmm. Now, if you came to my office at 55 and it's like I'm having hot flashes and night sweats and my period is spacing out, I'd say, yeah, you're going through menopause. Mm-hmm. Like you're at that age. Like now it's obvious. But if you're in your 50s, we know that's like a done deal. We know what's at. Okay. Um, we're not as worried about all the other weird things of why your periods yeah. stopped early. We don't think you're pregnant necessarily now. It's not out of the realm. If you're still having periods in your 50s, it's still a possibility, but it's just very, 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 very slim, very difficult to... I'd be like, uh, oh, bleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a problem. Yeah. But yeah, so if you have those weird, weird, weird hot flushes when you're younger, then we work up those weird, unusual cancer kind of things. Okay. Now, heavy bleeding. Heavy bleeding is can be a symptom of menopause, but it's also can be a symptom of other things. So heavy yeah. bleeding and heavy periods, irregular heavy bleeding or just abnormal bleeding is a common thing we work up in our office anyway. So typically if you're gonna come in and you complain of, irregular periods with with the hot flushes the night sweats vaginal dryness all of it but also heavy periods i'm gonna work up the heavy periods separate because that could be something else altogether. i'm not blowing off the heavy periods part mm-hmm. because we don't know what's causing them to be heavy okay. and there's a lot of pathological things that can cause them to be heavy now thyroid can also cause them to be heavy which is one of the parts that we work up i, I like to check a cbc to make sure you're not anemic but yeah. i also like to check your thyroid to make sure that that's not all wacky too because mm-hmm. that can make them heavy but we need to work it up so Typically, an ultrasound is ordered to check for things like polyps on the inside of the uterus that okay. can cause abnormal or heavy bleeding, fibroids, or looking at the lining. If the lining is abnormally thickened, like really thick, mm-hmm. the lining of the inside of the uterus is thickened, then that could be indicative of something abnormal like endometrial hyperplasia or endometrial cancer. Okay. Um, so we're trying to work all that up to figure out. Why is it heavy? Mm-hmm. Is it just heavy because you're menop- perimenopausal or going through menopause? Or heavy soon, because of some other reason, or is it heavy from some other reason? So we're the ultrasound. We're looking for the pathological reasons of why is this so heavy, so there's something we can actually fix. Yeah. Now, if the lining is on the thicker side and we're kind of worried about it, we may recommend an endometrial biopsy yeah, or sampling of the lining of the uterus, which. Test the cells on the inside mm-hmm. of the uterus. It's a random sampling. It's not thorough, but it's random, kind of checking the cells just to kind of clear it and make sure that it's not endometrial hyperplasia, which is kind of a precursor to endometrial cancer. Over a years time, it takes a while to get to that, but or cancer, right? Yeah. So we're trying to rule out the bad stuff and just make kind of make sure it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or you could do a thorough sampling of it, where you go to the OR or in the office with a hysteroscopy, where you get do a full like look inside, okay. and clean it out and clean out the uterus. Fully and like thin that lining down, Take remove it. all that lining inside the uterus, and mm-hmm. send all of it to pathology and have them look through it all. Okay. So there are times where you may do an endometrial biopsy in the office, a little quick little sampling, mm-hmm. and it's a random sampling, but that could come back normal, and they continue to have abnormal bleeding. That may work your way down to sampling it yeah, you in know, the OR, in the OR, or in the office with a hysteroscopy um, and sampling it to get a really good thorough sampling okay. to try and figure it out because you could have missed something sure. too. So. With my patients, specifically for me anyway, if we're planning on going to the OR anyway, I don't need to do an endometrial biopsy. Yeah. Because there's no point if I'm already going to go in there and do a more thorough get exam. A thorough one I don't need to put someone through an EMB or endometrial biopsy if we're about to go into the OR and clean it out. Yeah. Um, so with mine, it depends on what we find, what we see. And if they want to just do a thorough evaluation, mm-hmm. then I won't do an endometrial biopsy. But endometrial sampling is for that reason in the office a quick like sampling to kind of get an idea if there's anything abnormal so heavy bleeding could be from lots of different things and so it requires its own separate workup Mm -hmm. i'm sure we'll have a whole podcast episode on just bleeding because that is my life every day in the office i do that every day so back to the diagnosis of perimenopause the main thing to take away from this is going to be the levels right so fsh Is a common one that we check, but it's not necessary if you're over 45 and have typical Mm -hmm. symptoms and all of that, unless there's something found on exam or something else. But it can be checked. If you are not having periods, so if you're missing a uterus or had an endometrial ablation and you're not having cycles at all normally, but you're having the symptoms, and all we have to do is check those types of levels then we can do that. We just have to do it multiple times We, we have, have to, to catch the fluctuation. Mm-hmm, kind of like we talked about last episode. Yes. We have to get like multiple in there to kind of figure out because mm-hmm. it can constantly fluctuate. You could check it one day and be completely different the next day. So just one little level is not really super helpful. Yeah. And even those who, if you came in and you said, hi, I'm hot flashing, menopausal symptoms all over the place, you know, everything, uh, my periods are off, it's all wacky and crazy. Yeah. And we checked a level and it came back normal, I'd say, okay, looks like you're perimenopausal. Like it's still, you still have those symptoms where you still have yeah. put you into that box of perimenopausal. So the level really didn't change our management yeah. one way or the confirms, other. It just
1: confirms, right? It just But you're already helps. making a diagnosis based on symptoms. I mean,
0: it's helpful if it's really, really high where you're like, woo, yeah, yeah. you're menopausal. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're there. Yeah. But it can constantly fluctuate. So you kind of have to have multiple okay. levels to really, really know. Mm-hmm. So like we talked about, Those symptoms of like hot flushes and night sweats and all that, thyroid issues can cause it, prolactin issues can cause it. But then we have the special cases of patients where maybe you you have irregular periods all the time, you know, and you're like, I don't know, is it not like so polycystic ovarian syndrome or someone who mainly only has a couple periods a year normally Mm -hmm. and it's hard for them to tell like am i transitioning to menopause am i not i don't know so we kind of have to use more clinical judgment and work up for that um, to try and determine is this just your normal or are you really is it really time so you have, you still have your normal cycles yeah but now you're having hot flashes and night sweats so we kind of <laughs> have to to go around that and work that up now with the one you asked about pills yeah if you're taking birth control pills you may not have any of these symptoms now the combination of the oral and progestin birth control pills Um, which are the basic combination pills, like the typical ones you would think of with pills. Um, Birth control pills, they're usually a combination of estrogen and progesterone. They're considered to be safe in non-smokers up to the age of menopause. So I don't know. I get patients in here all the time. They're like, no, well, I stopped them because I was over 35 and I heard it was bad if I'm over 35. And I'm like, you know, yeah, no. If you're low risk, birth control pills are considered safe unless we tell you otherwise. Now there are reasons to not be on them if you've got breast cancer or whatever, yeah. like there are reasons. If you're a smoker, that put puts you at an increased risk. So over like 35, class, over right? 40, yeah, imp- yeah. puts you at an increased risk. So if you're a smoker, we say no. But there are if you have certain clotting disorders, we say no. If you're a normal risk, not high risk or anything like that, then it is safe. It's considered safe to be on oral birth control pills mm-hmm. up through menopause. So okay. those who are on them or any sort of other form of it, whether it be oral or the vaginal ring, or the patch, or whatever, Yeah, they can transition really well through menopause, through those perimenopausal symptoms. Um, because it basically hides those sometimes you get a continuous yeah. dose you're yeah. not fluctuating like everybody what else happens when you stop them <laughs> That's what happens. Exactly. what happens when you stop them you is tank. Mm-hmm. what happens when you stop them is that your estrogen tanks and then you feel the hot flashes and the yeah. night sweats and so then so you're can you just stay on the pills forever <laughs> <laughs> kind of kind of yeah so uh, when we get into treatment we'll talk okay. about what okay. we do but yeah if you're on the birth control pills the only reliable way to really check so i have patients who want to come off of them they're like 51 or whatever the only way to really check and see if you're menopausal, because first of all, they're just terrified they're going to conceive or get pregnant yeah. over 50, and okay. they're just, like, paranoid, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the only way to really check is to stop the pills and check levels. you got to give it at least two to four weeks okay. off the pills. Yeah. It doesn't just... Well, it'll level out, but you can't just check it like yeah. a couple days later, right? Sure. So two to four weeks, I would give it, checking the levels and kind of see. But you can also probably tell with their symptoms. Like mm-hmm. they'll probably already oh, have awesome. like hot flashes, yeah, okay. night sweats, all of that. Yeah. Now, if they're not in a puzzle yet, then they may not have any hot flashes okay. or night sweats. Yeah. They may not be there yet. And so they may just want to stay them or not yeah. yeah if we can check levels and see they may want to go back on them for another year mm-hmm. or so and then check again next year okay but yes it will bridge you through that perimenopausal oh, so time really well okay, mm-hmm. okay. so even progestin only ones will too mm-hmm. um, some of the progesterone only type birth controls can help actually bridge through okay so you're not as symptomatic so mm-hmm. it is kind of nice so for those of you who don't want to be symptomatic <laughs> it'll stay on for a while yeah as long as it's okay as long as we tell you it's okay but yeah usually we'll kind of try to stop Stop the pills around fifty fifty one okay. maybe, and then try to like figure out where you're at, and then switch you over. So okay, because um, then we can switch over to hormone therapy or something else yeah. altogether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same thing with, um, but yeah. So that's pretty much all I have for the workup and diagnosis of. So the takeaways are uh, FSH. Now I will add there is a AMH or anti-malarian hormone level okay. which can possibly be used or checked it kind of looks for ovarian reserve um we use it more in fertility purposes oh, yeah. kind of figure out how, how fertile you are okay. and like how what would the response be to uh fertility medications and injections and whether mm-hmm. or not you need an egg donor or not so it's, there's not a direct correlation or use but but if you're really high it would be like well you have eggs left in there so right exactly yeah. so if it's nice and normal then you're like oh well your eggs are fun you're they're good. But if they're, if it's really low, it's, they're probably on the decline. Okay. Um, And I do have some patients that in their late or mid forties that, don't want to conceive they're like well what are, you know like what are the chances of you know and so sometimes they want to check it to kind of like yeah. they're not wanting to work it up and get pregnant but they're okay. wanting to work it up to figure out <laughs> if they can't get pregnant yeah like what is the likelihood of getting pregnant <laughs> and so sometimes we'll check it and just kind of see like okay. yeah yours is really low like if you yeah. wanted to conceive you would probably have to have an egg donor kind okay. of a thing so okay it just kind of helps them with discussions with partners and that sort yeah. of thing but yeah hmm. so an amh eh, it could be but there are some studies trying to use that as a tool okay but there's not a direct recommendation out there yet for okay. that. Um, but the FSH, or follicle stimulating hormone, and estradiol levels can be checked yeah. to kind of correlate where we think you are. So if your estrogen level or estradiol level was kind of normal range, and there, like you have estrogen, mm-hmm. but your FSH is creeping up, I could yeah. say, yeah, it oh, looks you're like starting. you're kind of, yeah, it looks like you're... okay. Starting Or, like, it kind of looks like it's in that menopausal range, but you still have estrogen. Your ovaries yeah. are still making it. So we know that you're not fully there. Now, if we checked it and it's, like, estrogen zero and FSH 80, I'd say, yeah, there's a good chance we're already yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So, but depending on whether or not we need to recheck it or mm-hmm. check it again. Yeah. So. All right. There we go. So that's the workup. But stay tuned. Next episode is going to be all about treatment. treatment and how to fix it all right stay tuned all right that's it for today thanks again for tuning in we have been loving all the feedback and the questions that we are receiving so just keep them coming don't forget if you want
1: to leave a voice message just go to the link at the bottom of the description in the episode
0: you may even hear your question or comment here on the show and remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know every time we release a new episode. We are so grateful for all of the downloads, rates, and reviews. These help to drive our podcast up in the rankings and makes it easier for others to find us.
1: Do you have an interesting idea or a question that you want answered here on the podcast? Send us an email at tits 2 toes podcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at fromtits2toes. And remember, keep your tits up and your toes down.